life, relationships, or maybe even lack of a relationship, or maybe even it's your career that is making finding the right time to have your little one a challenging decision. Annoyingly, we can't delay the inevitable, and that's the aging of our eggs, which really does affect our baby making odds. But preserving your fertility with egg freezing can help maximize the potential of having your baby later in life. Janae Horizon is a specialized egg freezing clinic that knows more than a thing or two about it. Keen to hear more? Janae Horizon is holding a free, yes, free egg freezing webinar on the 13th of October, where fertility specialists will dive deep and sort, sort, I really can't speak today, sort fact from fiction and walk you through all things egg freezing. All you need to do is register at janeahorizon.com.au. That's janeahorizon.com.au and I'll leave it linked below in the show notes. But honestly, if you are listening to this and a baby is something you definitely want in your future, but it can't happen right now, it isn't happening right now, please go and register because honestly, you have nothing to lose and everything to gain. If you went to school with me, if you're in your late 20s, in your 30s, in your 40s, whatever it is, go and listen because like I said, nothing to lose everything to gain welcome back to the united in motherhood podcast with me zoe young so guys i took a few weeks off and if you don't follow me on instagram you're probably wondering where the hell i've been if you don't follow me on the gram go over and follow it's always linked to the notes below it's at zoe young mama i update a lot there but essentially i just wasn't feeling the uploads. I did a recording and I just wasn't feeling it and it kind of put me into this funk. I feel like lockdown has honestly just got to me or at least I'm blaming it but maybe I just wasn't feeling the podcast for a few weeks and I never want to jump on here and upload content that I don't think is of value, that I don't genuinely love, that I wouldn't listen to. You know all that bullshit. I just honestly was yeah, not feeling it. So that is why. But I'm back this week with an incredible episode. Honestly, I jumped off this podcast um, after speaking to Kim and I was just, I'm like, I'm back. I loved it. I loved the chat. She was so empowering and lovely and kind and just, yeah, it was a really beautiful chat and it made me go, yeah, this is why. I started this podcast. I started this podcast to empower us all, to see the world in a different way, to listen to people's stories, to uplift, connect, and just drive like awareness and acceptance to everyone's stories. Because we all have a story. They're all different. We're all going to take something different from you know the story that we listen to. And that's the beautiful thing that makes the world go round. It's just being kind in the way that we go about it. So anyway, today's episode is with the beautiful Kim. Her and I are similar-ish ages. I'm 29, I think she's 31, and she chose to freeze her eggs in her 20s. And it wasn't for a medical reason. It, I'm not going to get too much into it, but essentially anyone you know that is in their 20s, in their 30s, that definitely want ha- like wants to have children or you know wants to have children in their future, but aren't in a position to now, whether that be you know, a lack of a relationship, a lack of financial reasons, um, their career might be at the forefront of what they're doing at the moment, 
there's a plethora of reasons why people are choosing not to have children. Um, so yeah, I just can't encourage you enough to share this episode with them, to listen to Kim's story, to really get them to reevaluate, you know, their options and just to really know, I guess, what their options are. Um, so yeah, share it with your mum, your dad, your brother, your friend, your neighbour, your bestie, your cousin, whoever. I would love for you to just share, you know, this episode with whoever you think it will resonate with. I'm going to be quiet. No update from me. I feel like I'm hounding you guys all over on Instagram with the like daily vlogging pretty much. Um, I'm going to jump off. Enjoy this episode with Kim. She is balls. I'm 31 now. So I froze my eggs when I was 28. So yeah, yeah it was a few years ago now. Your name's come up like quite a few times. <laughs> someone who's like younger who's frozen yes. their eggs. Yes. It's like I've almost become like an ambassador because I'm just always like, yay, egg freezing. Yeah, well, it's true. Like, honestly, the conversation isn't had enough. Like, I feel like a lot of people in their 20s, especially that have careers and are career orientated and might not, you know, you might date here and there or whatnot. I just feel like you're not really thinking about like babies. I feel like having babies in your 20s is kind of not a thing. No, so much and it's not it's definitely not so yeah that's why I decided when I was sort of heading towards my 30s like this is I need to do this now because yeah. I need to do it while my eggs are the youngest that they are so yeah yeah let's get into the podcast because okay. a little bit of what we just said into it yeah, yeah of course. before we get into like mm-hmm. egg freezing and that whole world can you tell us a little bit about who you are you just said you're a journo yes so talk us through who you are and what you do yeah, sure. So I'm 31 years old and I've been a journalist for the past 10 years. So grew up in Sydney, always Sydney-based, and then uh, in January this year I moved to Canberra to do TV reporting. And it's been a bit difficult being away from my family in lockdown, but it's such a, a lovely city to to live in and work in. I I really do like it. But I've I guess my 10-year career, I've sort of worked in all different areas from print to digital, TV. Um, Yeah, it's been a really good experience and just I've been so career-driven. Like, I think, you know, ever since I was a child, it's always been like work, work, work. We grew up on a farm and had an orchard and, you know, my grandparents had an orchard next door and, and right from basically the day we were born, we were out picking fruit and selling it at market. So I feel like I've just always been a real worker and just, you know, when I got into my teenage years, I used to do a lot of acting and would be away every school holidays performing and, you know, all around the country and New Zealand and India and everywhere. And oh, so wow. I feel like I've just been a workaholic my whole life and I could see that you know when I became a journalist I was doing the same thing and then before I knew it you know I was heading towards my 30s and that's when you know fertility sort of was really on my mind a lot yeah were you dating in your 20s like was it something like were you with a partner or anything and you had the conversation was it just something that you were thinking about it was definitely something I was thinking about I think with me because I have been so career-driven, relationships 
have always come second for me. Like it's always been my career and it's only been in the past few months since I've been away from my family and living in Canberra on my own that my mind is sort of changing. Like my mindset is like, okay, you know, family and my life now is becoming more important than my work. Whereas pretty much until I was 30 years old, it was like my career is everything. So I definitely put relationships on the back burn and just really wanted to keep climbing the ladder in my career. Yeah, which is actually really cool. I think like if that right person did come along back then, they would have stuck and they would have been along for the ride, but you just obviously haven't met, you know, your person yet. And, you know, when you do, that will be amazing. And, you know, you've got those eggs, even if it does, you know, take however long. But how are you aware, like, because I feel like like I'm 29 and a lot of my mates, um, and I don't think fertility is on any of their minds at all. Yeah, no, definitely. So it was when I was working for a local newspaper, it would have been probably five years ago now, and I came across this woman, her name is Natalie Lovett, and she was just so inspiring. So I didn't even know at this time, I would have been about 26, didn't even know that egg freezing was a thing. And I went to interview her about this book that she was just releasing. And she just, I went to her house and she just told me her whole life story. And I just was like, oh my gosh, like since that day, it just put the idea in my head and I hadn't stopped thinking about it since then. And basically what happened was she, you know, was in her late forties and she really wanted her own child, but similar to me, I guess I'm following what she was doing. Um, she just focused on her career and just didn't meet Mr. Wright, um, you know, was just so focused on doing her, her work and, you know, was in her late 40s and just was going through all these, you know, IVF cycles, you know, getting sperm donors, doing all of that, and it just nothing was successful. And it just got to the point where her fertility specialist said, I'm sorry, but your eggs have expired, like, that's it. You can't use your eggs and you will not have your own biological child. And I just, my heart broke. I just thought, I don't want that to happen. Like I need to do whatever I can to sort of give myself options down the track because at that point I was so career driven as well. And I didn't want to get to, you know, my late thirties, my late forties and be in the same position. Um, So, you know, she told me, she goes, why don't you think about egg freezing? And I just, you know, I was about 26 and I thought, yeah, like, why not? Like, you know, what's the harm? Like, and I, I sort of just kept researching it. It was on my mind for a few years and then reached 28 and I thought I'm doing it. Like after doing research, it's sort of said the earlier you can freeze your eggs, the more chance you have of a success rate down the track. Because you hear stories of women who have done a few cycles a couple of years apart and just how different that quality is and how, you know, sometimes like they might get a lot less eggs or a lot more eggs, but it's all about the quality and not the quantity of your eggs. And I, you know, at 28, like, 
then I, I hope I don't ever have to use these eggs. Like I hope I will be able to conceive naturally, but I just want to know that I've got this option down the track and I don't want to reach an age where I, I go, oh, what if I had done that when I was younger and I had a better chance and, you know, they were 28-year-old eggs, not 48-year-old eggs and I can only get one egg and it's just not going to work. I'm a very person that is like a doer like if if I'm if something's on my mind I will get it done and I will do it and I just honestly I think it was the best decision I ever made because after I went through the process it was just a weight lift off my shoulders and I just felt like you know I've got this backup plan there's no guarantee you know 12 of 12 of my eggs were frozen and there's no guarantee that any of those 12 eggs will even give me a baby. But at least, you know, if I get to the point and I do need to use them, at least I know I've done everything possible. You know, obviously women having children in their 20s is the optimum time to have children. And these days more women are having children in their 30s than their 20s. And people in their 20s aren't thinking about, you know, if they're not, if they're not in a relationship, they're not thinking about other options down the track. And we are having children later in life than what we were, you know, decades ago. So it's definitely something that we should be thinking about. Yeah. I'm an exception to the rule. I know that. Yeah. <laughs> There's definitely... But it's true. Like, honestly, I feel like a lot of my mates, uh, obviously they have kids um, similar age to my eldest and they are in their 40s and you know I am especially where I live I am young I'm really young and but you know if you throw back to you know when I was being raised by my parents I wasn't overly young so the change the shift I think has been you know massive and women have more opportunity and are encouraged to you know study and careers and whatnot and that's an incredibly empowering thing and I think that's amazing but it does I think you know it sucks for women that our biological clock ticks so much faster than a male's it's not fair but it's so important I think to highlight you know it is something that we should all be you know thinking about to you know because like you said you don't want to get into your late 30s early 40s whatever and go oh you know they've told me my egg quality is bad or my quantity is bad or whatever it is and you could have done something you know back in your 20s which you've done which is pretty awesome and that's the thing like I definitely you know was in the minority of Australian women to do this in their 20s you know the only people that usually do it in their 20s are people that are doing it for a medical reason where this is called I hate the term but they call it a social reason which you know I just feel like it's safeguarding yourself it's such a good option um but it just felt crazy like when I was 28 like I just you know I say this all the time but I just it sounds really crazy when you hear this, but I just felt too young to be getting too old to have children. Like it just, at 28, I felt so young and it was, then yeah. I was getting old to have children, which is just sounds. It's young. bizarre. It's so bizarre. Like, honestly, I, I can't wrap my head around it. Like 28, like I, I know I'm the exception to the rule, but it is so young. Like a lot of my friends still say in the workplace, I feel young. I feel like I'm just building up my career. I'm getting to like an established point. 
And then it's almost like because we're a woman, are we supposed to put something on hold to try and have babies or it's just another thing we've got to factor in and I feel like, you know, it's not fair but it is part of our biological makeup and it's pretty awesome that we do have these options available to us and I know it's not available to everyone because there is a cost involved and whatnot and you I think we're going to get into that in a second but you know yeah it's not fair but it is cool that that it is the option but with the procedure like what what does it entail like how do you actually freeze your eggs (laughs) it takes a bit of time like you've really got to dedicate like a couple of weeks to it because it's very particular so like what you have to do is first of all you you know will see um, your specialist and you'll you'll sort of talk to them about what you're wanting to do and they'll see if you're a good fit and they offer counselling and things like that because it is quite a big thing. Like it, it, it almost feels like you are having a baby, as crazy as that sounds. Um, well, it's similar to, don't they like have to stimulate your ovaries and everything like yeah. an IVF cycle? Yes. Like I literally felt like I was carrying a baby. Like it was really bizarre um you know a couple of weeks but and you're really particular like you can't drink it's like it's everything like as if you're pregnant because you're putting these hormones into you to try and um, grow your follicles to have as many possibilities of having as many eggs as possible so yeah I'll, I'll sort of talk you through the process so you know first I went and had my consult and they what they do is have that chat to you and then they test your A and H level to sort of see what your egg quality is. Um, And then you will sort of know like a rough idea, like, okay, so is it higher than I thought or lower than I thought? And, you know, they, they might have a rough idea potentially of how many follicles they might get during that like that process. Can I ask what your numbers were? Did it shock you or? Mine was lower than I thought and particularly for my age, but it wasn't that bad. It was pretty average, but I think we thought it would be better because I was younger than most people that do it. Yeah. So, but after speaking to a lot of people, I think the A and H level that you can't really go a lot on that. I think it's, yeah, it's, some people's it shows to be higher or lower and it's not always that accurate. Yeah, well, a girl I podcast with recently, she, I don't know if it's the same level, but she has polycystic ovaries. So she, it's, I don't know if this is completely different, but she got a lot of eggs when she froze them, Mm -hmm. but the quality of them weren't good. Yes. Well, we, when we did my egg collection, I had 16 eggs and I think they were thinking anywhere, they don't want to get your hopes up, but um, sort of anywhere between like my age, like maybe 15 and 25. So it was probably just in the middle or, or not even, like it was just what they sort of hoped on the, the lower end of things. But I guess you know, they, the quality was good. So sometimes having so many really doesn't mean anything because they could, you know, defrost them and go to use them and one out of 30 might work if, if you are older. So it really, it really comes down to the quality of the eggs. So, yeah. Sorry, I cut you off. Keep going. No, 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 that's okay. So once you do that, um, you go through the process where you have to self 
inject yourself with hormonal stimulation injections every day and it's it's usually up to about two weeks so you know it you might start off with one injection, but I think I was doing about three injections a day and it's so time precious. Like you have to, it's like taking the pill. It like has to, it should be at the same time every day. So I actually just started a new job at the time and I was on night shift. Like it was just crazy. And I think I chose 10 a.m. because I thought I would always get home at 10 a.m., um, but it just didn't work like that. So I was always pulling over on the highway on the way home and I'm trying to stick this needle <laughs> into my stomach. Oh, my gosh. Because, like, it's so particular. And, God, people at work must have thought, what are all these, like, needles in the fridge at work? Because you have to keep them in the fridge. So it was – you have to really dedicate, like, time to this. And Did you tell people what you were doing? Um, I definitely told – like, I was new to this position, so I didn't – really tell people that I was working with but you know friends and family knew and I remember I was doing reporting on the road as well because I sort of had a couple of positions at the time and I had to tell our cameraman like just don't look at me and I got in the back seat of the car and I'm like trying to pull, pull up my dress and like you know put this injection into my stomach so because I just wanted to do it right like if I didn't Put, like, because every day you would sort of inject in a different spot on your stomach, so then you're getting sort of all the follicles. And I just didn't want to jeopardize anything, so it's very time precious. So every day you would do that, and every second day you would have to go into the clinic. Um, so I did mine through Janea and would go into the clinic in Sydney, and again, it was quite particular on timing but they're so accommodating and I'd have to do a blood test every second day and also like an internal ultrasound which you know they look to count how many follicles you have and it's not a hundred percent accurate but they have a bit of an idea and that's where they can see okay do we need to you know, increase the dose of your shot or you know do we need to add in another injection because you know, maybe they're not growing as quickly as we thought they were. And everything was going pretty good for me. So I had a, a quite a good process. Um, but by sort of heading towards the collection time, like I definitely, you know, I hear that people like suffer quite a few side effects. I'm really good with pain and things like that. So I think even if I'm, like, almost dying, like, I wouldn't complain because I can just handle things. Um, I, my pain intolerance is very high. I, I definitely had things like, you know, felt tired and fatigued and had headaches. But I think for me the thing was I just felt so bloated and, like, so protected of my tummy. Like, I just... It just felt like this bizarre feeling. Like, I was growing something inside me because... You know, it was like these 16 follicles that were just growing by the day. And, yeah, like it just, it was a really bizarre feeling. So then what happens is, you know, they, they will, you do this trigger injection. I think it's about 36 hours before your egg collection. And that just sort of like grows them to as big as they can grow to without going too much over 
and then they would do the egg collection. So I was actually, you know, put to sleep for about half an hour and it's a really delicate process because, you know, they've, they get them out and they pretty much have to snap freeze them almost straight away. They sort of, you know, look at them, make sure, see if there's any that aren't good. So four of mine weren't, so we only froze 12 of them. And pretty much have to freeze them straight away. So it was a really, yeah, bizarre thing. Like, you know, went through this little procedure and then came out, didn't have a baby, but, you know, I've now got these 12, like, mini-me's on ice. So um, it's quite exciting. And, you know, I'm, I think what's really hard with, talking about egg freezing it just feels like such a taboo topic even you know in 2021 but I am not ashamed of it and I'm actually proud of what I've gone through and I just you know whenever I post something about it I get all these women that I've known over the years whether I've worked with them or this or you know friends from school or people that know me and I'll get all these messages saying how much was it? Like, everyone just wants to know about the cost. Like, they don't care about anything else. But, you know, when I tell them the price, it's just like, oh. And I'm, and I think why, you know, I just wish there was more information out there to really tell women how important this is. You know, women are prepared to pay, you know, for house insurance or car insurance and things like that. But when you tell them about something like like this, which in my opinion is worth every cent and doesn't cost that much, I just don't understand it because you can't replace your eggs, but you can replace a car, you can replace a house, like they're materialistic. And your eggs, like when I mentioned Natalie Lovett earlier, you know, she reached the age where they just said, sorry, but they're expired. And I just feel like you can't put a price on, on, on a family, a potential family in the future. So I just feel a bit disheartened when people like my friends will say that to me, like, oh, oh, okay. Um, but to talk a bit about the costs, um, you know, it starts, you know, some clinics charge, it's probably starting from about $6,000 and then on the higher end, it's about 15000 But that, you know, Jenea have really good pricing. I think, you know, there's is around, you know, probably four or 5000 but then you have other costs involved. So you have like, you know, medical costs and then you've got like your day surgery costs and then you have a storage fee. So you do have to pay every six months to keep your eggs on ice. Um, but like in insurance, you would pay that every year as well for this money to something that could potentially, you know, create your family in the future. And even for me, like, if I don't, you know, use my eggs, how do I know that my sister won't need them or someone else might need them? Like, I might donate them after I've had a family if I don't need them anymore. So, there's a lot of good things you could do with them as well. Yeah, definitely. And I really, I think you said it perfectly. You really need to weigh up in your life, if you're listening to this, what's important, you know, what's important to you. Do you want to have children? Do you know you can have children? Do you have a partner? You know, is it now? Is it then? Like, I think 
for me, if I didn't have children at this point in my life, sitting here as a 29-year-old, I know I've always wanted to be a mum. And I, if I was sitting here with no partner, there was no potential children on the horizon, um, you know, even if I was thinking maybe in the next couple of years it might happen, I know I would freeze my eggs because it's something that's always been at the forefront of what I wanted for my life and where I saw myself. So I think you said it perfectly. We invest in so much. You know, people invest in cosmetic procedures, houses, cars, you know, whatever it may be. We spend how much money a year on coffee? Like, I genuinely think if it's important to you, you need to investigate it because, like you said, it's just getting – our egg quality just goes down and down and down and down. And the statistics can be scary and, you know, you don't want to – I don't want to scare anyone listening, but even the conversation I had with Maha, who was – she was 37 or 38 when she froze her eggs and the statistics that were thrown her way, they were daunting. Oh, my husband's brought in my dinner. Bless you. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, girl. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, it is. It's something that I think, you know, if you are listening to this, just do your research and you've got nothing to lose by doing it and I think everything to gain. And that's the thing. Like, I really want to be a role model for younger professional women because, You know, I just know it's unfortunate that there is no sort of Medicare rebate or something that could assist with this. I I recently took on a new role as a senior federal political reporter in Canberra because I want to influence change in Parliament for the rights of women and, you know, I think reproduction should be much higher on the political agenda and especially things like funding egg freezing or or some money towards it because I think a lot more younger women would do it if there was some sort of incentive and you know you look at the US and big companies like Apple and Facebook they offer their female employees more freedom to pursue family planning according to their own timeline by paying for their egg freezing and I think it would be great if businesses in Australia would consider doing something like that and having an incentive because you know by investing in you know younger women now it will you know help keep them in the workforce for a bit longer and then when they reach that age where they can have children or or if they need to use their eggs they you know, we'll have a bit of a nest egg to help them as well. So I just feel like there's a lot of benefits if there was that support as well. That's amazing. I did not know that they offer their female employees. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah, that's awesome. We need to get to that point. That would just be amazing. And, and like, it will retain great staff because it's going to put, I wouldn't say put the pressure off, but it's also just... Mm you know, down the track if they are having fertility issues or, you know, they may, you know, end up in their 40s without a partner and go, you know what, I'm actually going to have children and I'm going to use those eggs I froze when I was 30 or whatever. It will make them, I don't know, just happier people in general, I think. You said you felt like a weight was lifted off you when you did it. And who wouldn't want that for their their employees? It's going to make them perform better anyway. Yes, exactly. So, I just would love to see something something like that happen. That's amazing. And I also just wanted to say, you are incredible to be working a night shift, you know, pulling up your dress and, like, giving yourself the injection in the back, like, just getting shit done. 
And like, that's, that's incredible. Like what a warrior. That's amazing. You should be so proud of yourself for doing what you did. Cause it sounds like a lot, like, I, I, like I said, I don't want to scare anyone from whatever, but it does. It seems like for those few weeks, you really had to commit to the process, right? And you have to, because every day, every injection has to be done at that exact time that you choose. And the clinic will be available for you when, you know, they'll put the time in when you will be able to go there and do your ultrasounds and your blood tests. And it's just so vital. So, you know, for two weeks, you just have to dedicate that time, but it's so worth it. Like you wouldn't want to be paying six grand or whatever it is and not getting the most out of it by doing the right thing. So yeah, it's very time sensitive, but it's definitely worth it. Yeah, and once you had the eggs removed, how did you did you feel back to just your normal self? It probably took a, a day because you are having like a procedure, so they you know advise not to go to work for a day or two. Um, I felt like just a bit strange, like it just you know my tummy like ended up the bloating ended up going away yeah um but it was really funny because I did it just I think it was like the day before Easter and I put a post up and I was like these are the best eggs I've ever been given and it was just like bizarre timing but it was just honestly I'm so proud of it and I I think like you know in in all the jobs that I've done you know, often my employer will be like, oh, can we do a story on this? And it's, I just, I really like that. Like I want to keep talking about it because I just want more people to know about it. At 26, I hadn't heard of egg freezing. And I just feel like a lot of people don't even know what it is. And it all it takes is, you know, you just have to call up a fertility provider and, just have that consult and ask whatever questions you have and it could really change your life. Like it's huge. And like I said, you know, there's a chance I might never, ever use any of these eggs, but at least I know I've got that option, I guess. You know, some people might look at it in a different way and say, oh, could this now be delaying you having children in the future because now you feel like you've got a backup plan? And like I, I don't want people to look at it that way because obviously if I got into a relationship tomorrow, things would be very different. It's just I wanted to do it as young as I could so then if I ever needed to use them, which I hope I don't, then, you know, they're the best quality eggs that I could have possibly had. Yeah, exactly. I think you just, you know, it's such an incredibly smart decision and, you know, I hope you don't have to use them. I hope you meet the love of your life and you go on to have as many babies as you want to. If that doesn't happen, you know, they are there to to be used. And like you said, who knows if your sister or, you know, donating them to science or whatever it may be, like there is going to be good coming out yeah. of those little 12 eggs that are on ice. And like you said, you might one day use them and one or two may yeah. only develop into embryos so you just don't know but it's definitely I think you know I would love to have that little bit of sense of security um not saying it's future proofing potential children because I know it doesn't it's just giving yourself the best chance that's the thing like you know I have so many friends that I went to school with who have had fertility problems like fertility issues 
are so common and you know they they struggle to fall pregnant and I've had you know one of my best friends it took more than a year and she went through Jenea and their first cycle you know were able to have a, a little boy so that was really exciting so I think you know we're so lucky that we have this technology now where we're able to have these options and it's just you know it's it's really good and I think we should be making the most of it. Yeah, fertility issues are huge, honestly. Like, since I've sort of delved a little bit into this world, secondary fertility, miscarriage, like, one of my best friends took 18 months to fall pregnant, and it's one of those things that you, your whole life, I feel like you were told, you know, to prevent pregnancy, and you're going to fall pregnant, like, the second you have sex, and when it doesn't happen, it is so disheartening, and for whatever reason it may be, it's just, it's not something anyone should ever have to go through it's actually it's so crippling for so many and you know like I said like you should be so proud of yourself because regardless of what comes of these eggs you've just made a really great decision so you know I'm proud of you and I feel like I you know I've only just met you and I want to come through this green I know you too doing this honestly like it's just something that we all need to know about like why wasn't egg freezing spoken about at school you know I went to an all-girls school and again we were just told have sex get pregnant like that was kind of the what we always thought and you know it's not the case for so many and that's the thing like I think things like fertility issues egg freezing like it's you know it seems like they shouldn't be spoken about or it feels like you it's weird, like you shouldn't talk about it, but I feel like we need to be talking about these things because egg freezing is the way of the future. You know, fertility yeah. problems are just increasing because we are having children later in life and we just need to be talking about it more and putting more information out there so people know what their options are. Yeah, definitely. And can I ask, like, what's next for you? Like, what's What's your life looking like? I know you're stuck in lockdown in Canberra, but what are your plans? I guess, you know, like I said earlier, I've sort of just been so career-driven my whole life. And since lockdown and being away from my family, it's made me look at things a bit differently. So I guess the second Sydney lets me come home, I'll be there. Yeah. (laughs) And, um... I guess maybe I've not been one to ever join the dating apps, but I feel like relationship is definitely top of the list at the moment. So might start investing some time into that. People are ready to mingle, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So putting some time and effort into that and, you know, I'll, my job will always be a really high priority, but I just feel like for me now it's family, friends, relationships that I need to sort of put a bit more focus on. Yeah, and is Canberra home for the foreseeable future? Um, it's sort of indefinitely, like... Yeah. I think being away from my family for a few months now, it's been a struggle. And, you know, I know there's a lot of career opportunities in Canberra and I really do like Canberra. It's such a great place to live. It's... You know, Sydney will always be home, but I feel really, like, I think, like, Canberra has a bit of a bad rap, like, because we came here as kids for school excursions, it's yeah. boring. Like, like you know, you would go to Parliament House and the War Memorial. I mean, Questacon was, was fun. But, 
um, whenever I say to my friends, oh, you have to come and visit me in Canberra, people are like, Canberra? But it's just really cool. Like, it's got a really good nightlife when we're not in lockdown. It's super, super safe. Like, you could walk around in the middle of the night and it's just the safest place. And it's just, I re- like, I really love it. I really love it. But I think this lockdown is definitely testing me. Um yeah, just not being around any family is really difficult. So who knows? Watch this space. Could be back in Sydney soon. Or, you know, might get in a relationship and that might change everything. <laughs> so yeah. who knows? I'm open to anything. <laughs> I don't think I've driven my car in about a month because I can walk wherever I need to go. And it's just really nice to not have to drive anywhere. <laughs> so Are you leaving home? Like, can you go into work? Yes, so we are working from home at the moment, but if there's like a press conference with the Prime Minister or something like that, we will often go into Parliament House, but I can walk. It's about a 15-minute walk. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, like I'm just, I think I'm really enjoying sort of like that element of it as well, like just walking a lot more and, and sort of exercising more. So that's sort of the focus at the moment. Yeah, getting your steps in. Oh, yeah. If I don't do 10,000 steps a day, I feel really guilty. So, yeah, I usually do an 8K run with my friends. So we used to get up at 6 o'clock in summer and, you know, spring and autumn and stuff, we'd get up at 6 a.m. and do an 8K run before work every day. And it was awesome because I was like, I don't need to worry about anything now for the rest of the day. Oh, I can't run. I'm so envious of you, honestly. Like, running for me is just, like, the ultimate pain. Like, it, it, <laughs> I can't even think about it. I'll walk for forever. Yeah. I don't know why. I'm just not a runner. I feel like you're a runner or you're not. So yes, 100%. Yeah. I'm all about the weights and the walking. That's my thing. Good. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. It's been thank you so much for having me. I've enjoyed it. It's been wonderful. And I just hope that, you know, what we've spoken about will, you know, put some ideas in in some women's heads and might get them going and booking in a consultation with their fertility provider. Yeah, 100%. And if you are listening to this, share it with your mum, your friends, your family, your cousins, your colleagues, whoever, because I feel like it'll resonate with more people than we probably think. Definitely. Told you she's the best. Go and give Kim a follow over on Instagram. And like we've said many times, share the podcast with anyone you think it's relevant to. I'll be back here in your ears next Thursday. Bye.